Welcome to the third episode of Real Lives, Real Foster Care, where today we will be touching on the support available for foster carers and a time in which Mike and Julie thought they'd have to say goodbye to fostering for good. So over the last 13 years or so, 14 years? 13 years? 15. 15, yeah. <laughs> Do you feel you've had a constant network of support from the social workers? Majority of social workers, some social workers I would say not. Some were, in my opinion, not doing their job properly. You know, um, not supporting us the way they should support us. There was issues arising within the placement on a couple of occasions with separate kids where we asked for support and didn't get it. Ended up with those placements failing. You know, we tried our best, but the social worker input was not sufficient, not good enough, not professional enough. We made that very clear to the review panel when we went and also to the team manager for fostering of this area that we didn't feel supported sufficiently. But they're two blips. So overall? Overall, in general. I would say, very good. yeah, and like our super, because we have a supervising social worker, that's been consistently good. It's the children's social workers that have been a bit dodgy. Yeah, we had one supervising social worker that you wouldn't class as good at all. Mm. One social worker that I couldn't understand why she was a social worker but yeah majority of them great the one we've got now brilliant the one before brilliant the one before that the last four have been really good do you think that perhaps because you mentioned that the the kids social workers are sometimes not you know ideal is it because they're at a different level of professionalism and that's why there's a bit of conflict there or i i personally sorry think it's because they think they know the children better than the foster carer knows the children and that's not right because they see them maybe once every six weeks. We see them 24 7, 365 days a year. So people should listen more to foster carers and what foster carers require rather than coming in as a qualified social worker dictating the pace when you don't know the children. Plus, they're overworked. They've got too yeah, many cases. Probably overworked and underpaid. Yeah. Um, but but, so, and, but some of it comes down to personality and, and the person just didn't list, seem I to listen. I think the problem is that we say it as it is. Some people can handle people saying it as it is and other people can't handle people saying it as it is. I think it's that whole view of assertive, stroke, aggressive. People, you can be assertive, it doesn't mean you're being aggressive. No. And I think with Mike, sometimes people take it the wrong way. I'm assertive, I'll say, I'm, I'm here for the kids. Yeah, I'm not here we for are the social voices worker. of the children. So our voice is the children's voice, and if things are not happening for the children that should be happening, then we will say so. And then some people think you're having a pop at them, you're having a go at them personally, you're not. We're just saying, we require this, why haven't you done it? So you mentioned that you, obviously, you have a supervising social worker, and that's kind of a constant. In terms of support, like, is, she, is that the only person that you can go to, or is it other No, I think the thing that I've, I've realised is through experience and I think also that the fostering have um, realised that they need other people on board and I think when you start off as a foster carer you're not aware of all the services and all the agencies involved and what's actually available for you because we never called on anyone did we no. uh, the early years we never called on we had our social supervising social mm. worker and she might put a few things into place but we weren't really aware of what is out there i think now they're much more on the ball with mental health 
uh, support for the children and therapy and family sort of therapy if needed there's a, there's a lot more a lot more sort of training available uh, so i think we've we we're more willing now to say if we needed to I need some help whereas when you start off you think you should be able to cope with it and you should be able to deal with it and you don't realize that actually you'd probably be better off asking for help because you haven't got those skills. The last time that we went to panel was about the girls and one of the things they said there was that they felt that we didn't call on the system sufficiently. And And I think they're right. That we needed to um, call for help more if we require it and talk to people more. We didn't do that before is what Julie's saying. Yeah. So one of the things that they've said is also not just about the children but ourselves was that we must have... 28 days, we're entitled to 28 days away from the children and the children going to respite. So yeah. we're trying to call on that more, which helps us because that gives us a, a breather break from everything. So at the moment we, we we have one week a year and really we should be having four weeks a year. So, you know, we listen to that advice from panel more now than we ever did before. And I think the, um, I think the one good thing has been the um, IRO, the Independent Reviewing Officer, has been consistent. So if it came to it, if we didn't feel that the social workers were doing what they need to do and we didn't feel we were getting the support, then we can call on them. Mm-hmm. They've been with, they've seen the children over the whole time they've been with us. Then, then I feel that they would get things going. Is that someone that's sort of above? Do you go over there? Yeah. They chair yeah. the reviews. They know the children quite well because yeah. they read all the paperwork and, and they come round. And yeah. they come round to they see them. They spend time with the kids before the reviews, usually. Yeah. So with the social worker, do they automatically get appointed to you or is there a process where you can sort of not pick one, but sort of like... No. No, you just go... The social worker that will be the social worker dealing with the case... Before they come to you, before the children. Aaron, oh, that's whoever is that's whoever. We, allocated we've had, us. Um, four. No, again, that takes six, time. Six actually, because you're getting to know each other. You've got a lot of history to get through about your family, and that takes a long time. I say that takes at least a year to get to know your um, supervising social mm. worker. So, has there ever been a time in your you know, foster caring that you have felt let down by the services. I mean, you mentioned it previously that, you know, you yeah. Yeah. had trouble. Once we, I felt like jacking it all in and you convinced me not to. That was when we had a lad here. I'm not going to go into the details about the social worker and supervising social worker, but let's just say there was a bit of collusion between them to get us into a bit of trouble. But we were um, exonerated 100%. And paid compensation by the council. And they but we won- were suspended for over a year yeah. from fostering. And one of those was moved to a different department and the other one was sacked. But the yeah. problem you have is that social services have to go by what is reported to them by the social workers. It then becomes, you know, you get suspended. A year was like way, way, way too long. Should never have been that long at all. At one point I did think, what's the point? I sat in the lounge in the corner over there. I just said, I don't see the point of doing this. The the supervising social worker said to me, maybe that's a good idea. And then I thought, well, if you're thinking it's a good idea, then I'm going to do totally the opposite of what you say and listen to my wife. So, yeah, that's the only, for me, it's the only negative. Well, there was a point where we thought, well, I thought I'd lose my job because I'd been... 
um, suspended from fostering. I didn't think I'd be able to work with children. That was the same for me being a teaching assistant yeah. as well. So that was a really and scary we, we time. And we had to take all that info and sit in front of the head teacher. No, we hadn't done anything wrong. <laughs> but, but he knew us and he backed us to the hill. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Which felt good, which yeah. felt like, oh, we can get through this. And in the, if you want to call it a case against us, we actually won the case and um, proved Everybody beyond apologized. doubt that they were all wrong. Yeah, like I said, we got totally 100% exonerated, apologies all around from the council, in writing, everything. So do you think that in terms of the support, there's anything that the council is specifically lacking that you could benefit from? As I think what they've put in place recently is is a really good idea and it's called Oasis. So they're building up this a main Oasis person who's a, who's a foster carer yeah. who's got two rooms available for, for respite. Uh, but she, he or she then communicates with up to 10 other foster carers in the area and it becomes a network of support. I'd like to be part of that. They haven't developed it enough for everyone to be part of no. it. But the fact that you'd have another couple of people just to ring up and say, this has happened, what would you do? Or... I've got to go somewhere. Can you go and pick my kids up for me? Yeah. I think that is fantastic. And it seems to be working really well. They're doing it in Colchester and, and Clacton's sort of involved, but it will be evolving. But it's finding that person who's willing to give up the time to communicate with those people and have their children overnight mm. for sleepovers. And sort of drop everything. Yeah, but there are those people that are in that position. Generally, older Weird. people who of sort of the end of their fostering and don't want to commit to long term but are happy yeah. to keep their hand in because they get paid it is a paid position but it's nice to know that you can build a relationship although I meet other foster carers it would be nice to know that I could say can like uh we'll have your children overnight could you have ours yeah. overnight and, and then the kids get experience of sleepovers and mm, making friends stuff, yeah. Well, I suppose, yeah and and meeting other foster care foster children mm. as well as their own children if they've got them so that once that develops i think that will be fantastic for especially new foster carers join me next time for another episode of real lives real foster care where we will be taking another trip down memory lane with mike as he talks us through his time in foster care